Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 8th of August, 2022, the 11th of Av, 5782. Wow. Who would have known? The last time we spoke, exactly a week ago, who would have known that Israel, once again, would be engaged in an anti-terror operation down in Gaza, this time fighting the terrorists of the PIJ, the so-called Palestinian Islamic Jihad. We'll just call them the Islamic Jihad for the remainder of the show. For around 48 hours or so following the Israeli strike on a pinpointed strike, by the way, on a terrorist in Gaza, a senior terrorist belonging to the Islamic Jihad terror organization, Israel received 1,100 rockets starting Friday night and concluding last night after a ceasefire was reached between Israel and that terror organization. We're going to break it all down for you here in the next 20 or 30 minutes or so. I will give you my take and assessment on the situation down in southern Israel. So let's start again. The operation which Israel launched was called Breaking Dawn. Uh, initially, Israel had closed off the border area. No cars were allowed near the border with Gaza. The train service was suspended. The residents essentially were living close to their shelters already for three days or so before Israel carried out this pinpointed strike against a clear and present danger, a terrorist who was planning some sort of mega attack. Perhaps the details will be released exactly what he had in mind and his terror crew. Israel takes him out. And on Friday night, the Islamic Jihad Iranian Iranian-controlled terror organization starts launching rockets. At the end of the day, 1,100 rockets launched. Again, we're going to go back and forth here. 11.30 p.m. local time. Last night, a so-called ceasefire goes into effect, even though, by the way, the terrorists fired additional rockets, I believe, at 11.38, then again at 11.50. But, of course, nobody's perfect, right? agreed upon ceasefire with a terror organization, you're not going to get an actual ceasefire. You never will. But the sides came together via Egypt. And here we are now, 10.30 in the morning. I'm broadcasting here from Gush Etzion, Israel. And it's been quiet for the past 10 hours. So we'll see what happens over the course of today, Monday. Uh, just the very latest here, Times of Israel says that after the ceasefire held overnight, the Israel Defense Forces says in a statement it will begin to lift restrictions imposed on residents of the Gaza border area. All the roads in the region that have been shut for a number of days will be reopened. The IDF said the roads had been shut since last Tuesday amid fears of attack. And then, of course, we got the latest round of fighting. Residents of border communities are no longer required to stay in close proximity to a protected area. Trains will be restarted between Sterot and Ashkelon at noon today. That's in about 90 minutes from now. So let's break it all down, folks. First, the positive, the good. 
Israel took out many senior leaders of the PIJ, the Islamic Jihad Terror Organization. And again, let's remember, they are under the control of Iran. This is an Iranian proxy, the tentacles of Iran spreading throughout the Middle East, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's PIJ. Of course, they support Hamas. Iranian terror tentacles throughout the Middle East and throughout the world. The best part of all of this, I would say, zero Israelis were killed, which is a miracle. 1,100 rockets fired. Now, that's, you know, that's unbelievable. I would, call it a, I would call it miraculous, but let's not downplay the psychological trauma that each alarmed cause, especially for the children in the South, and of course, children, you know, Tel Aviv was also under fire, areas near Jerusalem under fire, but for the kids in the south, it was nearly continuous uh, rocket fire, continuous alarms. So let's not downplay the psychological trauma. With that being said, 1,100 rockets, no civilian casualties. That's certainly a positive. Uh, 35, at least 35 Arabs killed, mostly terrorists. Uh, Anna Ehrenheim at the Jerusalem Post reported on this uh, this morning and last night. 380 Rockets intercepted by Iron Dome, which were headed towards population centers. If you do the math, that's about a 95 or 95, 96% success rate in terms of the Iron Dome intercepting rockets and missiles headed towards civilian population centers. Remember, the Iron Dome doesn't shoot down every rocket, only those which, uh, the only, they only go after those which may hit Israeli population centers. 200 rockets fired by the terrorists landed in Gaza, killing more civilians, 15, than civilians which were killed by Israel. This is a double war crime by the terrorists in Gaza. Whereas Israel targets terrorists, there's always going to be collateral damage, okay? It's called war. They... The terrorists in Gaza used their own kids as human shields. Let's remember that. And they killed more of their own civilians because they're using population centers to fire these rockets. They fire out of hospitals and schools and mosques. And some of these rockets fall short, land in Gaza, and 15 civilians, including children, killed. Yet the world seems to be blaming Israel and certainly the terror groups and their supporters blaming Israel while they use their own population as their own children as human shields. So again, that's the positive. No casualties on the Israeli side. Now, the negative, the bad, in my humble opinion, as a result of the operation. We are once again kicking the can down the road with this ceasefire. The question now is, when will this start up again? Will it be in three months, in six months, in 12 months? When will we achieve a true victory and rid Gaza of the terror organizations? Now, for those of you who know me, I am not advocating for troops on the ground in Gaza, Israeli troops. I don't want to see Israeli troops going door to door in Gaza, especially if the end game is turning Gaza back over to the Palestinian Authority. I don't want to see any idea of troops hurt in order for Mahmoud Abbas and his gang of terrorists to take over there. But my question is, why are we supporting those who attack us? 
Why do we provide fuel, electricity, water, etc.? Let them go to Egypt and get these things. The same goes with the tax, revenue payments, or loans, or whatever, whatever creative system is out there that which we implement in order to bolster the Palestinian Authority. We are bolstering now, we are now bolstering the Hamas in Gaza. And all you have to do is go to the Karim Shalom crossing on any given day and see the trucks, Israeli trucks, waiting to provide Gaza with supplies. Stop bolstering Gaza. And maybe one day the people there will say they've had enough of their terror leaders. Just stop it. And here's how this has played out throughout the years. First, we signed the Oslo Accords and we legitimized the PLO. And we said that Hamas are the bad guys. And we provided the PLO, along with the Americans, the PA, whatever you want to call them, with training and arms. And, you know, and the plan was they would protect Israel and their own communities from the Hamas terrorists, right? We legitimize the PLO. PLO are good guys now. Hamas, they're the bad guys. Now, it's Hamas becoming the good guys. Believe it or not, as reported by the Jerusalem Post, they are getting credit for pressuring the Islamic Jihad to stop the rockets. How is Hamas being legitimized? How are we allowing this to happen? Remember, Hamas, which murdered Israelis daily in suicide bombings in the 2000s, blowing up cafes and buses. Somehow, since they stayed out of this conflict, they are going to be seen, if they aren't already, as the good guys here. You will see, my prediction, you will see more and more Israeli leaders legitimizing Hamas now. In a few years, okay, if this we continue down this pattern, in a few years, the Islamic Jihad terror group, they're going to be seen as the good guys, perhaps, if they gain some power or whatnot. If ISIS comes in and tries to take over Gaza, we keep legitimizing terror group after terror group. It just trickles on down. We have this like short memory. Okay, there, there is this strategy here that we have to talk to someone on the other side. There has to be an address. And my question is why? Because evil is evil is evil, whether it's the PLO, Hamas, PIJ, or others. Evil is evil. That is not our policy, and it hasn't been like that. The rockets have been falling for 21 years now okay and now hamas is gaining legitimacy because they're not the bad guys anymore but they are truly evil and we're going down that path where another terror group gains legitimacy by the state of israel very very sad there number three we're only on number three here as you know this is the negative about the operation here. The terror is still there. The threat is still there. And the rockets are still there. The J-Post reported this morning that the PIJ spokesperson, the Islamic Jihad spokesperson, said they have not used all their rockets. He also called on Arabs in Judea and Samaria to drive the, quote, enemy, that's us, Israel, from Palestine, what they call Palestine. So the attention, once again, will probably turn to the terrorists in Janine, in other places in Judea and Samaria, the terror threat remains, even after all this. And that leads me to point number four. The question I have, 
for everyone out there, is when is the last time Israel went into battle and actually won a war? I mean, really won a war where the enemy waved the white flag and surrendered. Perhaps 1967, 55 years ago, maybe that's the last time. When are we going to actually win a war again? You fight to win. And I don't care if our leader is Ehud Olmert or Bibi Netanyahu, Yair Lapid. When are we going to fight to win a war? And I don't know when such leadership will emerge when has that mentality of winning. The goal is to keep our residents safe. And every few months, if the kids in Sterot and throughout southern Israel Israel have to run for the shelters, that is not acceptable. I mentioned it before, it's been 21 years. That's like two generations of kids growing up, having to know where the nearest bomb shelter is, having to run to the nearest shelter, having 15 seconds or less. Any other country in the world would have taken care of the threat after that very first rocket. But here we are 21 years later, and the threat is still here. So to me, that is very, very sad. And I don't have any answers. I don't know when a leader will come along and establish policies which will prevent the children in the South from having to run and one million people having to live near bomb shelters in the Jewish state of Israel. Here we are in the year 2022, and we're still at it. So that is my assessment, the positive the negative, and anything in between. Feel free to get in touch with me. I want to hear your thoughts on Operation um, Breaking Dawn. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Get in touch with me. Happy to read your comments on the air. All right, just more uh, of a breakdown, getting into more of the specific as to, specifics as to what happened. The JNS yesterday reported a ceasefire negotiating between Israel and the Gaza-based Palestinian Islamic Jihad appears to be holding since it went into effect at 11.30 p.m. on Sunday night local time. The deal brokered by Egypt, Qatar, was praised by U.S. President Joe Biden on Sunday for bringing nearly three days of conflict to a halt. In a statement, Biden reaffirmed his support for Israel's right to self-defense and praised the Iron Dome missile defense system. Biden said the following, My support for Israel's security is long-standing and unwavering, including its right to defend itself against attacks. So far, so good. The United States is proud of our support for Israel's Zion Dome, which intercepted hundreds of rockets and saved countless lives. Biden, here we go, Biden also expressed his concern about civilian casualties in Gaza from Israeli airstrikes and PIJ rockets falling within Gaza and called for an investigation into such reports. He said the following, The reports of civilian casualties in Gaza are a tragedy, whether by Israeli strikes against Islamic Jihad positions or the dozens of Islamic Jihad rockets that reportedly fell inside Gaza. My administration supports a timely and thorough investigation into all these reports. Okay, then he said Israelis and Palestinians both deserve to live safely and securely and to enjoy equal measures of freedom, prosperity, and democracy. He added, my administration will remain engaged with Israeli and Palestinian leaders to, sh- to support that vision and to implement the initiatives launched during my visit to improve quality of life for Palestinians and Israelis alike. Now, my problem here is a lack of moral clarity. When he mentions Israeli strikes 
against Islamic Jihad and the rockets that fell short and how they both have to be investigated, there is no moral equivalence there. You have one group, Israel, strategically targeting terrorists, and there's always collateral damage in war. And you have another group, the PIJ, which uses its own kids as human shields, and when rockets fall and kill their own kids, they use that as part of their propaganda machine. And that is done deliberately, putting their kids in harm's way. There's no moral equivalence there. And the fact that President Biden puts those two in the same statement shows that he doesn't understand that there's no moral equivalence here. And it makes me ask, did the U.S., or rather, did the world community take the U.S. to task on August 29, 2021? There was a botched strike in Kabul. This is the Biden administration and a botched strike in Kabul, a missile strike, whose victims included 10 civilians, seven of them children. Where was the world on this strike in 2021, just exactly a year ago? And the differences here the world holds Israel to a different standard. Different standard than the U.S. or any other country in the world. Now listen, I understand the Americans made a mistake. It's war. They accidentally killed civilians. And, you know, they apologized and whatnot. But there were, there were basically crickets after that. It was forgotten. When Israel strategically takes out terror targets and civilians get killed in the process... Israel's put under the microscope by the international community time and time again, the UN, certainly the EU, and everyone else. There's a different standard, and by definition, that's called anti-Semitism, holding Israel to a different standard. We have the legitimate right to strike terrorists, to strike those planning terror attacks. And did you see the videos of Israel holding back from taking out master terrorists because there were children playing in the area. Nobody else would do such a thing. Israel's the only country which would hold back. And you can even argue that's too moral, making it immoral. That Israel doesn't strike yet, Israel refuses. You hear the pilots on their microphones talking to their commanders, aborting the mission when children are in the area. No other country would do so. And instead of being praised for limiting the civilian casualties Israel taken to task. But the craziest response in all this wasn't from the Americans. It was from the Russians. Okay, Russia on Saturday, uh, this reported by JNS, called for maximum restraint by all parties and to immediately return to a sustainable ceasefire. However, Moscow laid the blame for the escalation on Israel. This is Moscow, which attacked the Ukraine, which is at war with Ukraine, which has dropped bombs deliberately on civilian targets, which is getting away with doing so, Moscow attacks Israel, blaming Israel, saying the fighting started after the Israel Air Force attacked Gaza, causing the Arab terror groups to respond. They are blaming Israel. That is, that is probably the craziest response. The most you know, out there response is the fact that Russia is turning against Israel and blaming Israel for what happened in Gaza. Talk about chutzpah, and then there's just a totally different level of chutzpah and just battiness and craziness, and that is from Russia. 
the Jewish press reports Prime Minister Lapid, again, we're just breaking this down here. So much information, we could spend a couple hours on this. Prime Minister Lapid told the heads of the local authorities in the Gaza Envelope communities on Sunday evening, those are the Jewish communities in the Negev, the Western Negev, on the border with Gaza, that all the goals of Operation Breaking Dawn have been achieved and there's no point in continuing the operation. So yes, again, uh, many heads of the PIJ killed, which is good news. On the other hand, no point in continuing the operation as long as, in my opinion, the terrorists have rockets and can fire them at any time. There's still a point to continue the operation. While Lapid was explaining the reason, uh, the terror organization continued to fire rockets. So he's there explaining to them there's no point of this going on. And at the same time, the terrorists were firing rockets. So again... You have to judge for yourselves whether you think the operation should have continued longer. Again, I believe that we need to strive for a win, for a victory, for the enemy wa uh, waving the white flag. You know, you talk about freeing Gaza. I say free Gaza from Hamas, free Gaza from PIJ. But the plan is uh, the plan wasn't that in this operation. Uh, JNS yesterday said the PIJ commander killed by an Israeli airstrike in Gaza on Saturday night was targeted was targeted because he was in the process of staging an attack on Israeli forces and civilians. According to IDF sources, PIJ Southern Gaza Division Commander Khaled Mansour, responsible for dozens of terror attacks against Israeli civilians and, mili and military personnel. His operational history includes dozens of shootings and anti-tank missile attacks over the years including the 2010 attack on the border that killed IDF Major Eliraz Peretz. That is the son of Miriam Peretz, who we know um, lost two sons, one down in Gaza and the other, I believe, up in fighting, uh, if I'm not mistaken, fighting uh, Hezbollah or Hamas, I don't remember, uh, unfortunately. But um, everyone knows who Miriam Peretz, or most people know who Miriam Peretz is. And uh, just, uh, I guess, uh, some justice there. The Gaza Division commander responsible for that attack and many other attacks was killed. In addition, the terror group's northern Gaza Division, Division commander, Taisir Jabari, killed on Friday in an Israeli airstrike. So we did some good there, killing some of these bad guys. But um, much more work needs to be done. The Jewish press reported that Israeli op opposition leader, former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, told Fox News on Sunday the PIJ terrorist organization is not really aiming at Israel. It's aiming at the U.S. Speaking to Fox News anchor Eric Shawn in an interview airing on Sunday in the U.S., Netanyahu said the PIJ terror group is a wholly owned subsidiary of Tehran and as such, it's not really attacking Israel, but rather the U.S. on behalf of its benefactors. Now, uh, last week, we mentioned on this show how Iran threatened to level New York City. So people need to remember, at the end of the day, Israel is viewed as the little Satan, the U.S. as the big Satan. So those sitting comfortably in America thinking this is just a problem with Israel or the Middle East or the Gulf states... Let's have some perspective here and realize Iran's goal isn't just to destroy 
the Zionist state, they won't say Israel, remember, but their goal is the destruction of the Western world, the destruction of the United States, and Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Netanyahu pointed that out on Fox News. Yesterday was, of course, as all this was going on, yesterday was Tisha B'Av, the saddest day on the Jewish calendar, in which those who commemorate fast for 25 hours, marking the destruction of both Jewish temples in Jerusalem. So, yesterday, and, you know, and I praise these people for many reasons. Number one, um, it's really hot outside, okay? So the two, the 2,000 reported by JNS, the 2,000 Jews who ascended the Temple Mount on Sunday, there were 2,000 Jews who ascended the Temple Mount on Sunday to mark Tisha B'Av, the fast day that it commemorates the destruction of the two, two temples. Number one, uh, and, and I guess less important, I don't know how they do it, okay? When it's a fast day, I'm not moving. I'm staying in the air conditioning. I'm not going up to the Temple Mount. They should be praised. A lot of them waiting for two hours in the sun before going up. That's number one. But to those for those 2,000 people, the fact that they took the time to go up to the Temple Mount, the holiest site, and pray for the rebuilding of the Jewish Temple, something we strive for each and every day, those 2,000 people showing a strong Jewish presence up there, should receive all the praise in the world. For sure, more and more people who go up and demonstrate Jewish sovereignty over the Temple Mount will have an impact long-term on what's going to be on that site. Of course, many want to turn that place over to complete Palestinian authority or Jordanian control. They don't realize the importance of the Temple Mount. Our holiest site I mean, it would seem so simple. And yesterday, the most important day to go up on Tisha B'Av, to have a look around and to see the potential of what could be on our holiest site. So, as they say in Hebrew, Kola Kavod, much praise for the 2,000 Jews who went up to the Temple Mount on the fast day yesterday, demonstrating Jewish sovereignty. Let's hope that during the year, more and more Jews will go up and more and more Jews will be allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. I mean, Muslims are allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. Why shouldn't Jews be allowed to pray at our holiest site? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, Otsma Yudi party head Itamar Ben-Gvir, whether you like him or not, he went up yesterday and he said, we are in charge here. If we blink, they will continue. They will, if we pound them, they will fold. In other words, we must exert our right to our holy, our rights to our holy site. Only through strength will Israel maintain control of the Temple Mount or Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria. Weakness and concessions just whets the appetites of our enemies. We've seen this time and time again. Time and time again, it's just that simple. Whether you like Ben Vigir or not, it doesn't matter to me. But he is completely right here. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Just one last, one last point here. With all that I said up until now about the operation in Gaza, the good and the bad, and a lot of it is bad. At the end of the day, there is good news here. Even with everything going on. We are home, folks. Just finishing Tisha B'Av yesterday. 
when we were exiled from this land 2,000 years ago, and after 2,000 years, we are once again home. I was looking at our soldiers this morning here in Gush Etzion. I went to grab a cup of coffee. Just, you know, watching them also grab some coffee on their way to protect this land and its people. And just thinking about it, after 2,000 years, we have a state and an army and an air force. And even with our political shortcomings and our shortcomings from the leadership, there's no place I'd rather be than here right here in the Jewish homeland, being a part of this, I'll call it a wild ride that is filled with so much meaning and so much purpose. There's no place I'd rather be. And we're going to end on that, on this beautiful Monday here. Let's hope there is quiet. Now that we have a so-called ceasefire, let's hope there's quiet, especially for the children of Southern Israel who have had to deal with so much over the last 20 years, and once again over this weekend. Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com for Monday, the 8th of August, 2022, the 11th of Ab, 5782. Wherever you are in the wonderful world of ours, hope you are well, hope you are safe. Get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Let's hope for true peace, true quiet. Everyone, have a wonderful week. Coming to you from Judea, Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody. Join the Land of Israel Network Fellowship. Sign up today and join the revolution, inviting the world to learn Torah from Judea with Jeremy Gimpel and Arya Bramowitz. We may come up short on becoming the person we want to be, but that's not the point. Happiness is progress. Wandering aimlessly through a meaningless life is a recipe for suffering. What could be worse than walking around the desert for absolutely nothing but as long as we are walking toward the land of Israel, every step has purpose. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.